What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be talking another golf tournament this week, and we've got a fun one, another elevated event with the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week. So we'll break that down here for you. Uh, smaller field this week with the elevated event, so only 80 golfers in the mix. Uh, but we will analyze that here for you over the next 30 to 45 minutes or so. I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. I've got Mr. Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, alongside as usual. Noto, how you doing? Yeah, doing good. My hot take of uh, a non-long shot winning last week did not come to fruition. Words out of my mouth. That was, that was the first thing I was going to bring up to you, but uh, you beat me to the punch. So uh, what do you want to jinx today? You can. You got your pick. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find It's got to be natural. You know, it'll happen somewhere along the show. But uh, yeah, so four winners this season and all all above like 200 to one or 150 to one. Noto says... Surely that last week won't be uh, won't be the week that a two we see a two hundred to one winner, and uh, Matthew Pavon co- comes out and uh, and takes it down on Sunday. So uh, without uh, or with some controversy along the way, uh, with a, a lie in the rough there and uh, uh, patting down the grass allegedly uh, behind his ball, uh, make of that uh, what you will. But uh, he uh, ends up getting a win there on Sunday. Uh, French-born player winning on the PGA Tour is a pretty neat story. Uh, but, uh, you know, this week with an elevated event and all all the star power in the field this week, surely this is the week <laughs> that we won't see, uh, you know, a 200-to-1 winner. But uh, there, I'm the jinx this week if we get another long shot. Yeah, I was just pulling up the odds to see who is going to win. And uh, Matt McNeely, who's a popular, popular play, 200-to-1. There you go. Grayson Murray, 300-to-1, just won a few weeks ago. Uh, he might, uh, <laughs> we're definitely in a simulation if that, yeah, we're that happens. definitely in a simulation if that happens uh but there's some pretty decent golfers uh towards the bottom of the field this week uh with the uh you know the strength of the field that we have for this tournament i mean i've seen some people saying that with all the guys going to live like this is what the pga tour is going to be and uh, i suppose there's some merit to that but uh, still a little bit wild with all the guys uh all the dark horses like from way down. I mean, it's not even like we're seeing 40 or 50 to one guys winning. It's uh, it's the, you know, guys that have basically been in the six K's every week on DraftKings. So wild stuff. Um, it was a brutal week for my rosters. Uh, did not really have a whole lot going um, in terms of, uh, you know, to wit on our snake draft that we did last week at the end of the show, we went through the 12 man snake draft. Uh, and I finished dead last in that. So that's, uh, you know, we're back where we, after Noto won the first week and I won the second week, uh, we're back at our usual uh, places of me being being at the bottom. So uh, the free money will be available. We'll do a six-man snake draft, hopefully at the end of the show tonight. Can't do a 12-man this week. There's not even enough golfers in the field to cover that. But uh, I don't have a whole lot to take away from last week because my team's we're awful. So uh, any fun uh, stories for you last week? Yeah, my teams were pretty bad as well, but sounds like the chat had a little more success than we did. Um, GR Sauce, DA12, won a Super Bowl Millie ticket. So uh, that's kind of cool. And then uh, looks like Derek Ringering, um, who entered the snake, uh, he must have won it, must have taken it down uh, last week. So uh, yeah, at least, uh, at least a couple of people had better weeks than we did. Uh, wasn't too wasn't too difficult to top mine um but yeah i was pulling open there's the snake draft 
So, of course, we got off the air. We we left before the last round, uh, and I ended up um, – one of my kids got to talking to me, and I ended up auto-drafting my last pick. So I got stuck with Dunlap, who had withdrawn uh, as my last pick. But it would not have mattered. I literally had one golfer finish inside the top 50, uh, which I think is pretty hard to do. So uh, kudos to Scott Stallings for being literally my only guy inside the top 50. But, yeah, D-Rock took it down. By like 80 points, had everybody uh, six golfers through the cut. Uh, so uh, kudos to him. A deserving winner of the snake draft last week. He uh, almost doubled my score. So, uh, yeah, that was a bad week. We'll put that one in the rearview mirror. Um, did see a, a solid performance last week out of Hideki Matsuyama. Made a hole in one. Uh, we also saw an albatross from Shane Lowry. So, uh, although, you know, Torrey Pines is obviously a difficult course, uh, there were some highlights uh, from the week. Uh, Jaeger was in the mix to win it. I was kind of disappointed that he didn't pull it out on Sunday. It would have been a fun uh, story for the, uh, the, the the chat and the DFS community with Jaeger. He ended up finishing tied for third. Uh, Xander Shoffley, one of the bigger names inside the top 10. Hoygaard was up there as well in contention on Sunday. But uh, anything else you want to bring up from uh, from last week before we move forward? Saw Squirrel Patrol had a big week, so congrats to him. Um, now one of us golf experts needs to even let us have the golf treats now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now it's our turn, I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we'll make it happen. I need something to turn uh, turn my fortunes around. It was a bad week of golf last week. I'm a Ravens fan. It was a bad week for that. It's just been a bad week. Had a rough day at the old uh, nine to five job yesterday. So we need uh, we need some good mojo to turn this around, maybe turning the calendar to February will help. And uh, this should be a really fun tournament. I mean, Pebble Beach is a tournament that over the last few years has been a little bit of a grind. It was one of those where it was a three-course rotation. It was never a great field. Uh, you have the amateurs and the TV, you know, turns into this is more of like a celebrity amateur tournament in the past. And, the, you know, the TV it, it, coverage has been a joke. Um, we've kind of slammed this tournament itself throughout the years for those reasons. Uh, but it's not the slam Pebble Beach. It's a great golf course. It's hosted U.S. Opens. And now we see, you know, uh, the tournament making a change, being an elevated event. So we've got a lot stronger field. They're only using two courses this year. And then the last two rounds, the amateurs are gone. And it's only going to be played at Pebble Beach after those first two rounds. So we only have one round at Spyglass. And then basically every golfer will get three rounds at Pebble. It's a no cut event with only 80 golfers. So not having the celebrities on the weekend uh, and having those rounds only on the Pebble course, I think is going to make this tournament a lot more fun to, to track and follow as compared to say the last six or seven years. Yeah. I think I'll take the trade of the no cut for an extra round of Pebble uh, and one fewer round of, of the celebrities, but I think the big story this week is going to be the weather. I mean, it looks like it's going to rain a ton tomorrow night. It's going to be on and off rain Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then Sunday. Right now, 62 mile per hour gusts um, with a bunch of rain. So uh, I don't think they're going to be able to play on Sunday if this forecast holds. And Monday doesn't look great either. Do you think there's any chance they, you know, play 36 on Saturday? Yeah, with 80 golfers and only the one course, I think that would be tough, um, especially if it's a little bit wet and the rounds are a little bit slower. I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. 
Uh, and I'm sure they want to play Sunday because there's no football this week. So and there's not there's like nothing going on sports wise this weekend. Um, but yeah, with that forecast, it will be tough. Um, I was wishing that it was a heavier wind forecast for like one of the first couple of days because Pebble is very exposed to the wind. It plays very difficult in in tough conditions. And the other course, Spyglass, is a little more tree-lined and does not play, tend to play as difficult in the wind. So you could see a clear advantage if that heavy wind day was one of the first couple days where the second course was being used. But we don't get that. Uh, they might not play Sunday anyway. I mean, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Yeah, interesting for sure. Um, I've never even seen that color of pink on Windfinder. <laughs> it's pretty – 60 mile it's per hour a lot. Uh, is a lot um and and roth uh, in his forecast said he doesn't think they're playing on sunday so we'll see as far as the type of golfer that typically plays well at pebble it's more of a second shot course a lot of forced layups off the tee i think the average driving distance is lower here than anywhere else on the pga tour and then you have the smallest greens on the pga tour 3500 square feet on average and they are going to be difficult to hit, especially if it's going to be rainy and windy so you're going to want to be able to scramble i think that's kind of why we've seen Spieth and Day and Mickelson play well here over the years. Um, the greens themselves, tricky Poana greens. Um, you're going to see a lot of misses inside of five feet, five to 15 feet. But I, does that help good putters? Does that help bad putters? I never know. I never know. Yeah, I don't know. I would think it would equalize things out for the bad putters, um, unless it just makes them worse. So uh, who knows? Uh, but uh, probably hard to quantify. But it would make me feel comfortable, more comfortable about rostering a bad putter, I guess, because if it's a bad putter and he misses a four footer, well, that, that's, you know, it comes with the territory. But if it's a good putter that missed a four footer, it's like, well, I rostered you because you, you're supposed to make those. So yeah. I don't know, but that's probably just a mind game that I'm playing with myself there. Yeah. I mean, Scheffler could miss, you know, his line by three inches and maybe it'll bump it back on course. Um, <laughs> Zal Torres isn't yeah. in the field this week. <laughs> Hey, shout out to him. He's playing a little better. Um, he is. That, that we should have hit that Masters outright at 40 to 1 when we could have. I was, uh, he had a 40-yard up and down on his last hole to make the cut on Friday. Uh, the cut sweat was a little, little insane there if you were uh, sweating some 6 of 6s on Friday last week. But uh, Willie Z did make the cut, got up and down, and, and had a pretty good weekend. So, We'll see if that springboards him going forward. But, uh, yeah, definitely a, a venue where a second shot golf course, uh, if it gets pretty windy, you know, having good touch around the greens, I think, is pretty important this week as well. Uh, but definitely one where uh, not going to want to prioritize guys who thrive based on bombing it off the tee. So, all right, with that, so let's go ahead and, uh, and get into it. And, again, the field, uh, while it's not, large in terms of size and we only have 80 golfers it is pretty deep uh some some good golfers at the top uh and our usual four above 10k are uh, arguably four of the best guys that are on the pga tour right now uh with mcelroy scheffler hovland and xander above 10k this week uh, you got a preference of those four and do you like trying to get one of them in uh with the the deeper field and the no cut yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head there. Since there is no cut, we're getting a lot of soft pricing, and it's a really strong field. So there's a lot of plays in the 6Ks that I don't mind using this week. 
So I do like the idea of getting at least one of these four in lineups. You know, Rory probably should have won back-to-back events if he didn't three-putt from three feet and lose to Tommy. Uh, but then he bounced back the next week with the win. Scheffler, best tee to green player in the world. Hovland, I think he won a college event at Pebble. Um, and then, you know, he's improved his short game a ton. So I feel a lot better about him with these smaller greens. And then Xander's just so consistent, you know, from California, three top tens open the season. Point per dollar basis, I'm probably going to go Xander. But uh, I don't know if we need the point per dollar argument as much as we do most weeks. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, I think you can, uh, Rory hasn't played here a lot. Uh, Rory's got a high ball flight. If it's windy, that could be a problem. You know, he hasn't played on PGA tour much lately. I I wouldn't be surprised if Rory's ownership ends up a little bit lower than what uh, the experts think this week. Uh, But still Rory McIlroy. I mean, obviously he's still been playing well uh, overseas and uh, capable of dominating any golf tournament. So I am still in on Team Rory this week. Um, Xander would probably be second among that group for me. Uh, I think, you know, Hovland and Scheffler are fine, but I'm going to say Rory one and Xander two out of that group. And those are the two I'll get the most exposure to, and then I'll drift down into the 9Ks from there because I think that range is really strong as well. Obviously, uh, Cantlay is a consistent golfer. Uh, I'm fully on board with the Justin Thomas bounce back in 2024. Got that off to a pretty good start with the uh, 27 under a few weeks back. Uh, Spieth, we know, you know, his uh, creativity on this uh, this course can play well. Homa loves playing golf in California. You know, Morikawa, great ball striker. So all these 9K options, I think, are, are really solid as well. Uh, and I'll try to get maybe one of those guys in most of my lineups, too. Um, Thomas, I think is in GPPs is probably the play for me. Uh, but you know, Homa probably a little safer. Cantlay probably a little safer, but I like this range. What are your thoughts on the nine case? Are you going to be over or under speed to 20%? Uh, definitely under okay. <laughs> it was the lock of the some? lock of the day. Are you going to have some, uh, pro- probably not, but, okay. uh, I, you know, I, I, play. I always have to check the one time a year you play. I you played him a do. couple weeks ago. Okay. What was that? Uh, Tournament champions? Well, yeah, whatever. It's century now. But yes, he finished third. So I'm taking my profits and running. Ah, man, I should have listened. You play him once a year and it always works. So um, uh, this year, continue. I mean, I played him in January this year. So maybe there's a, there's a good <laughs> shot we get two this year. Maybe three if I'm feeling frisky, but uh, not this week. All right. Yeah, I agree on home. Uh, I mean, By the way, four. sorry. I, I, I don't no, you're fine. Out, but go ahead, go I ahead. forget who it was. Somebody compared him on uh, on X over the weekend, compared Spieth to Brock Purdy. Um, I forget who it was, or I'd give credit. Uh, the analyst from somewhere. But anyway, compared Spieth to Brock Purdy that, you know, he's the guy that nobody thinks is really that good, but ends up getting results all the time. And the comments devolved into like a bunch of arguing about whether he was disrespecting Spieth or disrespecting Purdy more with that comment. And I just laughed because, you know, even though it's cross sport, it is a pretty interesting parallel that, uh, you know, it's the guy that you don't think should be as good as he is, uh, except with Spieth, you can't really, you know, say, well, it's the guys around him, I guess, compared to NFL. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. It's got the best caddy in the game or something. Best yeah. Best yeah. Coach. Um, yeah, that that's kind of funny. Everyone loves to argue on X. It doesn't matter what the 
what the combo starts out as. But yeah, I like Homa. He's won what four times in California. Good track record here. I like Cantlay. Um, he's been struggling the last couple of weeks. I'm hoping that's going to end up hurting his ownership, but he loves this place. Uh, he's got good Poana splits as well. And then probably a little bit of Morikawa for me. Uh, and, and I agree on JT. I'm in on JT. Going to play him. I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, I think Obert, you know, we talked about it last week being the perfect course for him. I do not think this is the perfect course for him. Uh, the driver's his best weapon, and that's just going to be neutralized a little bit. Um, although I was thinking this morning, like if it's going to be colder, it's supposed to be like 50s, um, and the ball is probably not going to go as far. So we're going to see more drivers and three woods than we typically do. Yeah, it's possible, especially on holes that end up playing into the wind. I haven't done enough research to map out the course and the wind directions to see, you know, especially on the weekend what that'll be like. But uh, I found that sweet. It was a morning routine. <laughs> yeah, I usually do that. Map out all the courses and uh, get the you know the, the charts out stuff and the wind directions. Uh, we we can make that a Roth project. Um, it was Kyle Porter from CBS who tweeted that. Okay. So basically, during the the Niners game on Sunday, he said Purdy is a little speedy. Nobody can agree whether he's even good at the sport, but it's extremely difficult to fake that many wins. For what that's worth. Uh, I got a question from X, not not Twitter, but uh, from the chat. Does Pebble have two courses? They do, but one's a part three course. Um, the other course are playing Spyglass Spy Hill is not a part of Pebble. Yeah, and they used to play a third course uh, Monterey Peninsula at this tournament, that, but that has been scrapped with the new format this year. And uh, Spyglass is a little less susceptible to the wind, but uh, again, the wind doesn't seem to be like it's seem like it's going to be as big of a factor the first couple of days of the tournament when that course is being used. So, all right. Uh, agree on O'Bear, by the way, probably none of him this week. Uh, and for the same reason, probably not a whole lot of burns for me either. Uh, though he is coming off a sixth place finish in his last start. Uh, and it's interesting because this range, I mean, the 8K range, you got Cam Young is another guy uh, who maybe relies on the driver. Finau, reputation for that at times as well. Uh, Fleetwood wins everywhere, but in the States. So uh, he's there at 8,600. I mean, at some point it's got to happen. Uh, you'd think this course should set, set up well for his game. I do like Fleetwood a good bit. Um, I'll leave the Jason Day opinions to Noto. I uh, don't mind Matsuyama coming off a solid week again as well. What are your thoughts on the 8K range? Yeah, don't like the 8s as much as the 9s. Do like Tommy. Um you know, my, my brain keeps telling me eventually he's going to win here, and uh, it's costing me a lot of money. But uh, <laughs> it's going to happen one day. And he's one of those guys that does play well in bad weather. You know, he's a good ball striker, so the wind doesn't impact him that much. And, you know, he's got plenty of experience playing in the rain. So I do like Tommy. Um, Finau, just West Coast, anytime you play him, is typically a pretty good bet. Um, even though it's not the best course fit for him, I do think he's fine at 8,800. Uh, played really well last week, just didn't putt. Um, day, if I'm playing one, you know, course history guy between him and speed, I'll probably just take day cause he's cheaper and half the ownership, but man, he burned me last week. I liked him a lot. And then the only other guy likes Benny on, you know, coming off of that second place finish to Grayson and Murray, look at his skill set. Um, he's a good driver of the ball. He's a good uh, iron player, very good around the greens and T37 here last year. Do you like Benny at all? I do. I do like Benny a good bit. Uh, and as you know, as we've said in some of the other shows, uh, he's a guy that's really come around with the putter after being 
you know, completely woeful. Um, not like he's at the top every week, but uh, the numbers have looked a lot better lately. And uh, uh, the ball striking has always been there with him. He's only 8K. Uh, and like you, I, I don't think this range is quite as strong as the nine. So saving a little bit is fine. I think the seven, the, basically that mark right around 8K and into the sevens, those guys are just as good and, and probably better on a points per dollar basis. Um, you know, you look at Poston right there underneath, uh, who's been playing fantastic golf. Uh, speaking of short game, I mean, his short game numbers have been incredible. Um, if you look at approach and around the green over the last 24, 36, 48 rounds, uh, Poston's numbers are just rock solid fifth, sixth and 11th to start this year. And he's only 7,900. So Benny on at 8k Poston at 7,900. Uh, those are two guys that I really like a good bit in this kind of middle range. Uh, who else are you kind of peeking at in this, uh, this vicinity here? Yeah. You said Poston and who was the second one? Yeah. I was just piggybacking on Benny on. Oh, okay. uh, that I like yeah. him as well. Then posting to start the seven Ks and the rest of, you know, 7,500 to eight K. Uh, I don't have anybody that I love. I mean, I think Adam Scott is fine. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to play the short game angle with McCarthy this week, but uh, Def Poston's definitely my favorite of the upper seven Ks. Yeah. I like him as well. Um, I like Russell Henley. It's kind of feels like a Henley course, but for whatever reason, he doesn't play here much or very well. Uh, but he's been in good form. Um, he's, you know, accuracy, iron, short game guy. So don't mind looking to him. Um, I'll bring up a lot of those guys once we get into the sixes. Uh, my usual my usual core plays down there. But uh, Adam Scott, so I was recording the model video that I do every week before this. And I was just looking at his recent form. I didn't realize how good he's been playing. I mean, he finished seventh in Dubai, uh, fourth in Australia, sixth in Australia before that, and then fifth at the Butterfield Bermuda. So he's been playing pretty well, four straight top seven finishes, one of the best guys on a per-round basis in California um, over the last four or five years. So him at 7% is really interesting for me. Uh, don't mind Armin and McCarthy. They're kind of the shorter Russell Henley types. And then Bo Hossler, my model keeps liking him. He keeps playing well. Um, I think Bo's just a different golfer now than he was in the past because he's he's finally ball striking a little bit. Yeah, so we can play him outside of Texas now, right? <laughs> I think so. He's playing well, consistent, a lot of top tens. Um, and he's pretty good here too. I would rather play him at low ownership. I think he could get you know steamed up in this uh high sevens. Yeah, especially because the range, you know, there's probably not a whole lot of chalk that's going to hit in here uh, in terms of ownership um, outside of maybe McCarthy, you know, getting up towards that 20 range. Um, the bottom part of the 7Ks, I think, is a little bit more interesting for me. Potential bounce back spot for Eric Cole, who finally we called that on the show last week. Get that right. Uh, that uh, it was uh, probably a spot to uh, to lay off of Eric Cole. Now you're probably going to get lower ownership. He's cheaper. Uh, he's an interesting case this week. Jaeger coming off a third place finish. Is there a letdown from him? Uh, not getting the job done on Sunday. Nick Taylor has fantastic history at Pebble Beach. I'm surprised that our early ownership on Nick Taylor is like 5%. Um, he's gained like 40 strokes above field average here his last five trips. He's a past champion here. So I really like Nick Taylor. Uh, Norin is always interesting as well. So uh, I like the lower part of the 7K range. Uh, with Taylor being my favorite. I think Cole's really interesting as well if that ownership is trending down. What do you like in the lower part of this range? Yeah, we talk about it a lot on the show. If Cole would have made the cut, finish like T35, he'd be more expensive and higher owned this week. So 
definitely on board with that. Um, got a question, Kevin Yu or Eric Cole for this week. And for me, it's pretty simple. I mean, Kevin Yu, his best weapons is driver. Um, Eric Cole, his best weapon is everything but the driver. And this is kind of one of those courses that favors everything but the driver. So give me Cole over Kevin Yu, who played great last week. Um, kind of save him for the bomber courses. Uh, I agree on Nick Taylor. I like that ownership. It probably will come up a little bit, but I do think he's a strong option. I like Brendan Todd, pretty good course history. Another one of those guys that his irons have been a lot better over the last year than historically um, over the course of his career. That's just about it for me. Don't mind going to Rose, who won here last year. Don't mind going to Adam Hadwin, who seems to always play well in California and in the desert, but it's probably it for me. Yeah, um, I think we've covered most of my preferred options in that range as well. Uh, I do like Todd quite a bit right at 7K. Nobody ever likes Brent. Like Brendan Todd is just the guy that, uh, you know, nobody ever rosters or talks about, except Noto, you know, has kind of been on the Brendan Todd bandwagon uh, every time on a shorter course. So he's another guy that I like this week. Uh, If you're going to prioritize accuracy around the green play, guys who can get up and down, keep it in play. Uh, I think he's perfectly fine as well. Uh, and again, we get into the six Ks, you know, this is the, usually the time of the show where we just say, don't really go down into the six Ks, you know, don't roster any of these guys. Uh, and I probably won't have a ton of exposure here. I mean, while all these golfers in the field this week are good, a lot of the guys down here are in, you know, more questionable form. We've seen some decent performances out of like Taylor Montgomery. Um, Cam Davis has been up and down, uh, particularly over the last month. But he's a guy that, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with a decent finish. Uh, Ben Griffin, you know, same thing, ninth and then a miscut his last two starts. Uh, Anybody you particularly like in the 6Ks this week? First of all, I think you owe Mr. Gerg an apology. Um, You said Yeager's going to let you down, so hurt his feelings. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't – I mean, I'm just theorizing that maybe he's going to have a letdown after not pulling off that W last week, but – Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. You know, he, he paid off those uh, salary-based expectations. That's all you need to do. Um, yeah, I like Cebez at 6,900. This is a course that I think fits him a lot better than Torrey. Missed a cut on the number last week. Prior to that, he finished second and third. I like Andrew Putnam. If you like Brendan Todd, you got to like Andrew Putnam. Very similar style play. Um, I was just pulling up Taylor Montgomery's stats from last week. He lost off the tee. He lost on approach and gained it all with the putter. So. Not exactly what you want to see with Taylor Montgomery, but he is playing better. Uh, don't mind Cam Davis. I think he's going to be, yeah, 12% ownership. So he's a, he's a popular 6K guy. Um, and then going down, you mentioned Ben Griffin. I like that one. And I also like Mark Hubbard, who has gotten better every single year here, 69th, 55th, 33rd, and 20th over the last four years. So if you're looking for a safe cash game guy, I think uh, Mark Hubbard's probably probably that option for me. Yeah, certainly fine with him if you need a safe play down in that range. Uh, again, I probably won't go super deep into here. Um, you know, Nick Hardy is a guy I don't mind sprinkling in at times. Uh, Svensson, I always tend to be a little bit overweight on, but I'm not sure this is the right course fit. Oh, um, and there's about, enough up. Sorry, what about McNeely? He's gonna he's been talked up every show that I've listened to today. Yeah, in that case, then no. I mean, if he's gonna get steamed, I just don't. He hasn't had a top finish for a while. I, it, no, I'm just out at 6,200. If he's going to get 
What do we got him for ownership right now? We only have it for 2%. Okay. Well, it'll end up being higher than that, uh, I guess, depending on the sources of the steam. But um, I, I don't know. I don't have a strong take, I guess. But what's yeah, the – I guess if you've read uh, most of the – or if you've seen the other stuff, like what's the what's the rationale for said steam? Uh, so we played great last week until Sunday and had some pretty good ball striking numbers. And then he's got two top fives here. Says it's his favorite course. He's from the area. All all the narratives that you kind of all the narrative, yeah. So, um, yeah, I suppose I don't hate it. But if he's, I mean, our our projections, Roto Grinders projections, have him with the fifth lowest optimal percentage of anybody in the field and he's going to be higher owned than basically anybody around him i, I think i'm out yeah i i put a decent wager on him to finish top 20 and i think and then i'm going to fade him dfs i think that's how i'm going to do it um question about sam Ryder: any interest for men salary uh probably not at this course i mean if you absolutely need somebody right at 6k uh i'd play him over Hodges, Power, and Malnati for sure, but that's probably about it. Malnati, wasn't he in the mix here last year? Against There's a lot Lewis? of courses where Malnati tends to be like in the mix after a round and then fade yeah, away. Finished fourth there last year. Oh, wow. He stuck around for, for four rounds. But you got, I mean, you keep in mind too, we had the three course yeah. rotation instead of the two and not as strong of a field last year at this event too. So. All right, uh, probably snake draft time, I think. Uh, we can get one of those loaded up. Uh, before I do that, I close out of some tabs because I'll share my screen. But if you are not interested in listening and or partaking in a snake draft, uh, feel free to uh, to hop off. We do appreciate your patronage on the show. Hit that thumbs up button uh, before you exit. Uh, we appreciate that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check us out, rotogrinders.com if you're interested in Plenty of good premium content uh, for golf over there as well.